everyone, I'm Alexis Grace, and this is the Paper Cranes Podcast. I believe that we encounter God every day. Whether we realize it or not, He can be found in the grandest of adventures and the smallest of moments. Paper Cranes Podcast seeks out stories that show us how vast God really is, one person at a time. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Paper Cranes Podcast. My name is Alexis Grace. I'm your host. I am super excited about today's guest. I cannot wait for you guys to meet him. His name is Father Gregory Plow. Father Gregory, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you, Alexis Grace. It's great to be with you. And uh, thank you for inviting me to be on your fledgling podcast. I've listened to all seven episodes, and it's wonderful. I even have my black, all-black converse on for this occasion. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. Me too. Yes. All right. And, uh, and uh, well, I am a Franciscan friar from the Third Order Regular of St. Francis. And um, I'm also a priest, friar priest. And I'm from the province of the most sacred heart of Jesus, which is the TOR province in the United States that's based out of Loretto, Pennsylvania. Our um, province sponsors two universities. St. Francis University in Loretto, Pennsylvania, and Franciscan University of Steubenville. And we also staff many parishes, one in Virginia and a few in Texas and a few in Florida, as well as a few other various apostolates in this country. Um, I'm the director of our post-novitiate formation program. That's all the friars who are in seminary preparing for the priesthood or brotherhood candidates who are studying here as well in their vocation. And um, just a local minister at this friary in Washington, D.C., where these friars study. And it's a, and again, like I said, it's a great pleasure to be with you. Awesome. So would you like to tell us a story? Oh, sure. I'd love to tell you a story. Well, um, most of my friars and friends know that I was a math major. And in fact, I taught high school math for a couple years before I became a Franciscan. And even afterwards, I taught a couple courses at our university in Steubenville. Um, I, I, everybody who knows, knows my math background knows I very much enjoy math. In fact, I would often tell my high school students, I love math, but I love God more. And, uh, and the way that I came across math was um, several fold. I mean, really experienced God through it. I mean, I suppose you could say from an early age, I had a gift in math, but, um, but then there were a number of instances in my life where, uh, you know, math and my faith life and God really overlapped sort of like a Venn diagram, if you will. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it's across the board, but, um, you know, a lot, my experience was most of my teachers in math, in high school, and in college, were male, and uh, and uh, you know, many of them served as good male role models for me. Um, there was uh, one that I had in uh, you know college, especially who I knew was Christian, but even if I didn't know what their faith was, um, they they just served as a great model, male model of like charity and intelligence. Mm. Um, 
they were examples of higher intellectual abilities that could be combined with charity and attributes of God. I remember my uh, high school calculus teacher, uh, Mr. Tomberg, he, he called me to, when he had to be absent one time, he asked me to teach a class in his absence on a lesson relating to the long way to do derivatives. And that was really, uh, that was really um, a confidence booster for me as a high school student to teach my peers in calculus. You know, just even though it was for one lesson for one class period, you know, his asking me to do that for me later and reflecting upon it, you know, realize that this is sort of the way God works. God, the father, in terms of instilling a certain confidence in us, showing us he trusts us and loves us and calls us, you know, to do something. In fact, that's where the word vocation comes from, from mm-hmm. the Latin word vocare, which means to call. So that sort of in high school, that senior year in high school sort of prompted me to want to pursue um, being a high school math teacher. And in fact, in college, I majored in secondary math education. Then uh, when I was in college, I had a professor, Dr. Schatzberger, who uh, was and still is a very faithfully faithful practicing Christian. He taught me um, before I ever read St. John Paul II's Fides Eratio Encyclical, Mm-hmm. That faith and reason can go hand in hand um, because of his own example of being very intelligent in math and also being a very faithful and practicing Christian. You know, at um, my experience at the big state university that I attended, while wonderful in many ways, was probably like a lot of other people's experience who have a strong Christian faith is that in that our culture and our country today um, you know, at a secular university is often just tolerated, if not marginalized, right? Um, as being not able to inform nor to be harmonious in any way with the intellectual disciplines that one is studying, whether that be in the sciences or whether it be in arts or philosophy. Mm. Um, and then that faith and reason sort of came into a moment of epiphany for me uh, after following the example of Dr. Schatzberger, uh, in his life, but that then I was taking this one course, not with him, but with another professor called Axiomatic Systems. And um, and this course uh, was a course, an advanced math course that dealt with a lot of proofs, dealt with some sets, set theory, uh, advanced mathematical logic, and something called cardinality. And cardinality is uh, is a, a way of counting objects in a set, which sounds pretty easy. But um, in fact, that concept of cardinality led to uh, something we learned about, which really blew my mind at the time. Uh, it was that there were, is that we learned and were able to in fact prove logically that there are different sizes of infinity. Hmm. Now I tell this to people, like my friars, for example, and they think it's ridiculous. And, and, and uh, how can you have different sizes of infinity, you know, when infinity never ends? And uh, you know, I'm not going to bother to go into the proof here. <laughs> I'm sure you and your listeners will appreciate that. But, um, but you know, it is a real fact, you know, uh, that there are different sizes of infinity, at least a mathematical fact. And, um, and you know, that, that blew my mind in such a way to show that no matter what we can prove in the sciences, no matter what I can prove in mathematics and all my courses, that there's always something above and beyond what we can even imagine. Mm. In fact, in that same class, we even learned that 
there are some things that we know to be true that we can actually never even prove mathematically are true. We can actually prove that it's improvable a certain truth, which I know sounds crazy, but again, blowing my mind to show that there's this realm beyond us, even in the field of mathematics, that is just unattainable. And uh, and that, you know, I, at that time I was going through this conversion or this reversion, if you will, coming back into the practice of my faith. And uh, it just it just made so much sense with the intellect of God, who who reveals to us so many truths, whether it be in sacred scripture or the church or magisterium. Uh, but um, uh, but that, you know, there's this always there's this beyond ourselves that lies with God. And so that's very consistent with the discipline that I had chosen to major. in. So, so that's my story for you today. It just simply is a story of um, learning, uh, you know, the learning about uh, faith and reason through the example and through the sciences, right. as well as seeing, um, seeing fatherhood examples in the field of education. Mm. So when it comes to, um, you mentioned JP2's encyclical, uh, did you actually read that all, like read that all or? Yeah, yes, I did. Yeah. What was the thing that struck you the most about it? Was there like, is there like a particular statement that um, really is rooted in your mind? I don't have any particular statement memorized as you asked me that off the cuff, but I can tell you, as I'm sure you and your listeners know, you know, Pope St. John Paul II wrote many of his writings and cyclicals included in a very uh, philosophically circular fashion. So he mm -hmm. would have a theme he would present at the beginning and then revisit it uh, in a number of different ways over and over, whereas Pope Benedict XVI was very systematic had more of an outline, logical, sequential uh, style of writing. And so, so um, you know, with this encyclical, you know, the main message is, of course, that faith and reason uh, are not in, in uh, contradiction with each other. They, they can work and, in fact, do work in concert uh, with each other. Um, and he unpacks that in a number of different ways. Right. And... Honestly, so the more that you were talking about math there, um, it was kind of like hitting me for the first time that math is actually pretty philosophical too. Yes, I would I would say so. I would say there's well, it depends on. Uh, well, let me put it this way: um, Aristotle once said that uh, he believed that before any of his students study philosophy or anybody in general study philosophy, he thought it was necessary that they first study mathematics. Mm, and right. so he would have his students learn math first before he would allow them to engage in the discipline or the studies of philosophy because of how the basic uh, exercises in mathematics of logic and reasoning can uh, contribute to the uh, discipline of how the mind works in philosophy. Which is really cool. We can take it a step further because Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, mm -hmm. uh, the angelic doctor who was, you know, as, as the theologians say, baptized uh, Aristotle, Thomas Aquinas said that uh, he believes it's necessary that uh, people study philosophy before they study theology. So for me in my life, this progression 
actually played out in my academic pursuits. I first studied math in undergrad. When I came to the Franciscans, I studied philosophy, and then I went on uh, in seminary to study theology. Right. That's so cool. Yeah, I I had never heard of that uh, progression before, but I know that when I went to St. Anselm, we, um, we had a humanities course called Conversatio, and it talked about like the three main disciplines that um, the ancient Greek philosophers thought were necessary to um, be an educated person and form a good pattern of thinking. So it would make sense that like math is one of those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree. And in fact, I know that I may not, there may be some of your uh, listeners who may not be convinced by this, but I would always tell my students when I taught math, especially those students who would complain to me with the question, when are we ever going to use this? I said, okay, you may not be using a quadratic formula to plot a parabola when you're in whatever occupation you end up in the future, unless it's specifically a math related occupation. I said, but the exercise of doing this, of of I call it calisthenics for your brain, mm. will help you in your reasoning capabilities and critical thinking skills to be able to solve any number of problems that you will most certainly have in your future occupation. Right. Yeah, that's totally true. I I was never a very strong math student uh, growing up, and then when I went to college. I was a communication and theology major, so I didn't really have to take any math courses, so to speak. But you can imagine my panic when I realized, oh my gosh, one of my requirements is a quantitative reasoning class. And I ended up taking formal logic, which was almost a disaster, but my professor was very good and spent a lot of time explaining things to me. Um, Have you had any experience with formal logic? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was, I'd say that axiomatic systems class was more of an advanced uh, logic class. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Well, yeah, thank it you. is. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for sharing your story with us and, um, you know, sharing all this insight about education and the way that it helped form you. You're welcome. And, you know, I love listening to your podcast. I I, uh, listen to all of your uh, episodes so far. And the only thing I ask is that you, I was really inspired by your uh, story uh, with you and your friends at Anselm's College of making all those paper cranes (laughs) and how that's, how that's, that's behind the name of your uh, podcast. So all I ask is if you have the opportunity sometime to make a paper crane and send it to me in the mail, I would love to have that to put on my desk to remind me of uh, of your ministry, your evangelization through this, and also to pray for you as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Father. Okay, you're welcome. God bless you. God bless. Thank you for supporting the Paper Cranes podcast. To listen to more like it, visit grexley.com. And to support our Patreon, visit www.patreon.com forward slash Grexley.